Welcome to the Culture of Things podcast with Brendan Rogers. This is a podcast where we talk all things culture, leadership and teamwork across business and sport. If you would like a chance to win a $30 e-gift card of your choice, answer the question at the end of this episode. The e-gift card is with compliments from our friends at Jangler. Hello everybody, I'm Brendan Rogers, the host of the Culture of Things podcast and this is episode 39. Today I'm talking with Marcus Nichols and Ariel Endian. Marcus and Ariel are business coaches and consultants, speakers, authors and occasional relationship rescuers. They've been in business and a relationship for a quarter of a century. During that time they have bought, built, managed and sold a seven-figure business without it costing them their relationship. Business Couple's success was born from those years where at times they struggled and could have really benefited from a strong supportive community of like-minded entrepreneurial business couples. They worked directly with business couples to maximise their profits, improve their systems and strengthen communication throughout their business and relationship. They also run a podcast called Business Couples Secret Source, where they interview successful business couples to get their tips, tricks and stories and how they have built a successful business without destroying their relationship. Their goal is to help business couples get the same level of wealth, health and happiness into their lives that they have. They believe that gaining knowledge and implementing what you learn is key to any business couple's success, which is why they call themselves learners of life. Courses, books, podcasts, events, conferences, business network groups are all part of what helps them be a happier, more successful business couple, which in turn helps the clients they work with. Their motto, Stronger Together, means you achieve more with the person you love, most right by your side in business and life. The focus of our conversation today is uncovering the secret source for business couples. Marcus and Ariel, welcome to the Culture Things podcast. Lovely, Brandon. Thank yeah. you for inviting us on. Yeah, uh, we're, thank you. We're thoroughly looking forward to being grilled. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's again, it's a pleasure having you guys. Thanks again for coming to my home and spending the morning with us having a bit of a chat. What I'd just love for you guys to share a little bit about Ariel. If you just want to share, you've got your own podcast. We mentioned it in the introduction. Tell us a bit about that experience and what it's about. Yeah, so big business couple's secret source came about because my Marcus and I have been a business couple for the last quarter of a century and we found there was unique challenges and benefits in, in being in that space. And um, as you mentioned in the intro, we're learners for life. So we've gone to a lot of business conferences and events and networks and we absorb business documentaries and books and all of those things and follow a lot of leaders in, in business and thought leaders and whatnot. And um, we just found no one was talking about business couples, even though they make up a huge proportion of businesses. And also the sad side of that is that a lot of businesses, uh, a lot of relationships crash and burn in that process of being a business couple. So it's double the risk, you know, not only can your business fail, but your relationship can fail too. Or you have great business success, but the relationship fails. So we just wanted to um, create something, I guess. We thought, you know, like if there's a void there, we, we could you know, share our knowledge, but not just our experience, but interview other business couples about their story and their tips and tricks and hacks and get more success and strong, healthy, happy relationships out there. Yeah, well done. Look, I've listened to a number of episodes. I think you guys are doing a really good job, really relaxed environment that you've got and setting up with the people that you're interviewing. Marcus, what are you loving about doing the podcast? I'm loving meeting people. I mean, it's just fabulous to meet um, other business couples and hear a bit about their story and their journey. And and it's a reminder. There's you just there's so many lessons, and everyone has a slightly different approach to how they actually handle being a business couple, which is really interesting. And also that the lessons of being in business that we have as many failures as we do have, if not more failures, than we do actually have wins. And that's just the journey and the process of being a business owner. You mentioned the word story, just explaining that. So how about you start first? Give us a bit of the backstory of, of yourself and Ariel, this super team that you guys are. <laughs> <laughs> we originally met, um, I'm an ex-chef and Ariel was front of house and we met at a restaurant on the Hawkesbury River. 
which was very lovely, boat access only, and sort of jumped in within a very short period of time. We had a child on the way and just, yeah, developed ourselves. I wanted to get out of cooking. I'd been cooking for 10 years at that point, so decided that it was an opportunity to run my own business. I always had people around me who were... Uh, I always worked for people who ran their own businesses um, in smaller restaurants. I never did the the large hotel sort of networks. So I was really infused to want to embrace that industry or not the industry, but to embrace running my own business. So I was gung-ho to do that. I just didn't know exactly what it is I wanted to do. So, um, so yes, yeah, so I started a business here on the Central Coast, interesting enough, about 25 years ago. And then we decided to... Well, wanted to grow so we actually took on an investor and through that process we then bought a boarding kennel in the Hunter Valley and moved our family up to that and spent the next 20 years developing that from what was a, an old rundown kennel built a complete new complex including water fun parks for the dogs and um, hotel rooms with air cons and single beds and roast chicken dinners and ice cream for the dogs and you know all those sort of luxury items that you expect these days or people expect for their animals and yeah and then went about sort of building all the processes and things that went through that uh, until the point that we then decided it was time to move on and and find a new adventure um, which is why we're sold so Ariel, how about you share your version of events of how you guys met? <laughs> Is that assuming it's different? <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> well, we, I do joke. I do joke that I got into this entrepreneurial mess because of Marcus, because he he had a strong driver to be his own boss and to create his own income and I probably could have just chucked along doing you know working for someone as long as I liked where I was. However, now I'm now infected with. <laughs> Thanks, Marcus. Um, no, look, there's unique challenges. Like, like, like running a business is hard, you know. Like there's a lot – it's a lot easier to just show up at work, do a good job and go home and, you know, most bosses think you're a bit of a superhero if you're just doing a, a little bit above average job, which we, you know, we always did. And entrepreneurs tend to be those people that work good and hard for someone else and see things and bring improvements and all of that. You know, they're just doing it with someone else. I initially was just there to be supportive of Marcus and then along the way just – step by step inch by inch got there and interestingly interviewing business couples we found that's often the way it's rarely two people that are go yeah let's just go do this together it's more that it's one person's big vision and the other person's sort of a side helper and then a bit more and a bit more and then you know they're a couple in business but um that that having been said once you get there it's it's amazing I mean I get to hang out with the person I love most all day why wouldn't I why would I want to go somewhere else for eight hours and travel time as well so um so no look his his story of events is the same <laughs> yeah yeah so I've got some things right <laughs> yeah I guess just leaving out the bit of where we've got to now so we sold that business after 25 years and and you know we're still reasonably young and and we love business and we love the whole area of entrepreneurism and, and people having a crack at it and succeeding and, um, you know, creating their own wealth and reality and lifestyle. And uh, and we thought, well, we know a bit about this, so, you know, let's share that. And we, we also were driven to want to create a business for our own benefits as well where we could travel and being able to share our business couple success and other people's business couple success was an obvious – it just ticked all the boxes, you know, we could – help people we could do it remotely we could travel while we did it and also yeah as I said before just fill a void like we really feel like there's a lot of business couples out there that are doing it tougher than they need to be doing it because they're just lacking a little bit of knowledge on how to do a better job of it which would bring the stress down and the profit up. I just want to make one comment which was just really surprising to me and I love it it sounds like normally the female is infiltrating the male's head in a relationship but it sounds like you're thoughts and business ideas have infiltrated the female head Marcus how the hell did you do that Jedi mind tricks yeah that's it you know I I I took early learning classes on how to master the art of the female space (laughs) you and I need to talk after this I need help (laughs) look let's get into the journey I guess from not necessarily obviously the experience you share is Mm. is related to your own journey but Mm. We really want to use this opportunity because you guys have got a lot of experience. Again, quarter of a century there, 25 years, built a really successful business and sold on that and now you're helping others. What's some early advice you give to 
couples, business couples, or couples that are even before they're in business, why they want to go into business together? What do they need to be really clear on? Marcus? From my point of view is that they need to be really clear on on their why. Why do they want to be in business together? That's the first part. The second part of that is, um, as a business couple, how strong is your relationship? Is there things that aren't quite right? Because when you enter the business world, it ramps up the relationship stress level to a whole other to a whole other level, like having children and and things like that. So you're wanting to be making sure that you've got that comfortable and your discussion, your communication is really, really strong because if it's not, it's just going to come undone. But yeah, certainly the why. The why is a really big issue because if your why is not there, then where you end up is not going to be where you're thinking. Um, And sometimes what happens is people's whys are different. So, you know, the male's why may be this, but the female why is this, you know, and it could be around the amount of hours they want to put into the business. It could be around the length of time they want the business to run for. It's the whole raft of those sort of things, which is why it's really important to go through that. And goals, I guess, would come into that as well. Yeah, yeah. I'd call it the vision as well. Like the why and the vision are sort of overlap in some spaces, but, you know, your why you want to go into it and then what your vision is for the business, you know, in the short term and the longer term so that you can be clear that you're on the same page with each other. In your business, the Business Couple Success Consultancy you have now, have you ever had an opportunity to engage with a couple that are thinking about going into business? So that early stage of their, you know, we're not quite sure, but we need to have a chat with somebody and get some coaching. Sadly, less so, just because people tend to think they don't know what they don't know, you know, Mm. unfortunately. So, you know, usually you learn retrospectively. (laughs) Mm. unfortunately i know that now it's probably more casually people say oh you know my husband and wife you know my husband and i are thinking about doing a cafe more conversationally when we Mm. meet people socially or at business events and things and it's like well have you done this or this and they're like "Mm." so you can tell they haven't thought about it we do but more so people that are already there and it's not turning out how they were expecting it to turn out. You know, it's, it's more pressure, more stress or um, not enough customers or they're fighting or they're overwhelmed or, yeah, different things. So less so pre, would you say that? Yeah, absolutely, less so pre. Most of the pre is, is really just conversations. It's really just sort of, you know, where you're meeting people and you're having those conversations with people. And it's more they don't haven't thought to engage us at that point, which really would make a great deal of benefit if they did for yeah. their for their well being um, I mean overall. Um, so yeah, the people that have a tendency to engage us are much further along the path, and usually it's it's because they've hit a brick wall. But we are hoping, and I think it is the case, and as it develops more, that the podcast um, business couple secret source is a great thing for people who are dreaming about being a business couple to be hearing business couples saying you know some of their wins some of their successes some of their disasters what they've done to be successful and made it through certain points and yeah certainly um, that's a good spot where people that are thinking about being a business couple can get great tips and advice without having the cost I guess of or the commitment of one-to-one coaching Let's talk about the contrast of, say, strengths and weaknesses, first of all, because let's pull on your own experiences. Running a successful business for 25 years, done really well, so you must have complemented each other fairly well in some areas. Ariel, again, what would you say were the strengths that you brought to the, the business? So for me, I'm a good creative thinker, you know, good lateral thinker and creative thinker, and I'm good with people, like I'm good at reading people and understanding the interrelations between staff and people, like I, I can see a lot of that sort of stuff and systems, creating systems, creating things like the structure of things. So, yeah, they're probably my strengths. Certainly with employing people, it, it's good to be able to read people well. I don't know. I always focus more on my weaknesses than my strengths, which is funny. Don't, um, don't worry, we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, no. Look, being a lateral thinker is really good because it allows you to take solutions that are being that have been made in other industries into your industry because you're having that creative jump in your mind of thinking that could work 
in my situation in a different way, you know, and you need to be a creative thinker to do that. And I also think it allows you to develop your business in ways that are not obvious or being done in the industry already. It also allows you to be more creative with marketing. So there's a lot of ways in which um, lateral thinking works with that. Also quite a collaborative person, you know, I like working with other people. So that works well as a business couple as well. Yeah, look, and I'm also very committed to quality and delivering something to someone that they've purchased off me. Even when I worked for other people, I was really committed to someone, a customer, getting what the experience they're meant to get, you know, or the product they're meant to get. So that's a really good attribute. And I all just, yeah, I just care about quality. Marcus, what did you bring to the table? Not a great deal, I don't think. But anyway, my biggest strength was probably financial. Not that I'd run my own personal finance as well, but I really understood numbers. So I was able to create the spreadsheets and the budgets and all of those aspects and run all the financial side of the business at a sort of higher level, which allowed us a lot of freedom and allowed us to to get to where we wanted to get to. Outside of that, then, yeah, the usual bits and pieces like caring, being ethical, having a lateral mind again um, I don't have the sort of creative mind necessarily like Ariel does but I ha- I have more of a, a business lateral where I'll sort of dig into things a little bit more and and can go oh, okay yep you know how can I utilize that from that aspect hard working oh yeah workaholic that's probably a strength it's also a weakness but it's certainly a, a strength when you're wanting to go into business it's sort of and quite not necessarily one directional, but very obsessive in the sense that, you know, give me a bone and I'll make sure I finish it. So, yeah. You'll lock on and find a solution. Yeah. yeah. Next question, Marcus, I'm putting you in the hot seat first. <laughs> right. Tell us a little bit about maybe something that Ariel maybe detracted from the level of performance. So maybe some of her weaknesses. Love sleeping in. <laughs> I love sleep. <laughs> I'm not sure sleep's a weakness, is it? Like we need to replenish our body, don't we? Well, there's replenishing the body and then there's 10 hours, you know, so let's define that a little bit. But, you know, yes, that's certainly one. I'm probably hot-headed, quick to react in a little bit of a hot-headed. She's had to learn to rein that in. And usually in our conversations, it's usually if she fires, then I don't say much. I let her go through her space and then we can sit down and have a rational talk about it. So, yeah. yeah. In my defence, I'm not hot. I wasn't hot-headed with staff or neighbour disputes or whatever. I, I was hot-headed in terms of ranting at Marcus about said issue. So, <laughs> Ariel, you're you're now going to get your chance. <laughs> what is if you had to pick one of Marcus's uh, key weaknesses? Where would that be? Probably, yeah, two. One, as he said, workaholic, which is, you know, look, it's a force for evil or good, you know, and it's also something that you need to get, if you are that person, and quite often an entrepreneur is or a business, part of a business couple is, um, you need to be able to control the volume on that on yourself. Do you know what I mean? You need to be able to ramp it up and, and hence turn it back down when you want to have quality time with your family or your partner or you know, yourself. So I think it's a challenge. I think being a workaholic is a challenge for someone. But how that having been said, it's an awesome attribute at the front end of a business because there is a massive amount of work to do often. So if you if you can clock long hours and hard days and you don't mind doing it, then that's great. And the second would be probably a little bit too trusting, a little bit too caring, a little bit too trusting. And, and you know, there's been stings, you know, just stings from that, from people taking advantage of that. I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know if you can change who you are. I think that just is who you are, you know, but you can just learn from your mistakes, I guess. But, yeah, probably just attached to, a, a tad too caring and trusting. Our interview will continue after this. An expression of gratitude or reciprocity, no matter how large or small, is an important part of a healthy culture and relationships. Our friends at Jangler have a great app that allows you to send a gift card with a personal video, voice message or funny gif. You can send right away or schedule to send on the perfect day and time. Set and forget. I like that. I have found it perfect for clients, employees, birthdays or any celebration where I can't be there in person. It's quick, easy to send and you can spend instantly in store or online 
when you receive a card. Check it out at jangler.com.au. Red flags. Your glasses are making me think of red flags. I love those glasses. <laughs> the, Thanks. I want you guys to just share what are the red flags, Ariel, that you see in business couples that you walk away and you guys go and have a tea or some lunch together and think, oh, this one's pretty challenging. I can't see this surviving. I don't think there's ever a can't see this surviving because it's hard to know when something's sort of a bit fatally doomed and what's just to do with the fact that there's just stress, too much stresses there that don't need to be there. But a red flag for me when people are in business is when they're overlapping too much. So they're both trying to do the same job or they're doing separate jobs but they're over each other's shoulders too much when they don't need to be. You know, so one of the key things we've heard, we found, and we've also heard over and over from other business couples that we've interviewed, is to work out your lane and then stick with that. Like, play to your strength. So, if you're, you know, Marcus was mentioning he's the numbers guy. So, you know, he ran all the accounts and he created all of the future projections when we were wanting to borrow and working out our profitability, you know, all that number stuff. Like I just, that's totally not my skill set. So he did that, but I didn't sort of want to check over that. You know, I didn't go over and and I wasn't sort of wasting time on that. And conversely, I was more dealing with the staff because I was more of the people person, like in terms of recruiting and managing and just encouraging staff to do what we want them to do at the level we want them to do it. And Marcus wouldn't really be over my shoulder on that either. You know, that having been said, you could, we'd still sort of weigh in here and there on things if we thought we could contribute something or if we thought the person was sort of off on something. But by and large, you're going, that's what you do well. I mean, not dissimilar to if you employed someone to do it. Like, you know, you employ a team around you so they're good at what they do. So you don't do it, you know, so that that's the whole idea. So that would be my big one. The red flag is when people are sort of all either over each other's shoulders on on their lanes. It's like, you know, work out what you do well and then do that well and don't be over each other. That's a big red flag. The other one that I would throw in there is around communication. The respect and communication within the couple. So if they're actually fighting at work or they're talking down to each other, so they may not be fighting but their, their verbal communication towards each other has quite strong context to it that's a red flag that's like you know because you're disrespecting your partner in this workspace so you're disrespecting them from all those sort of things no one leaves that at work that's going to come home with you you've got to make sure that if that's going on that's where it's like okay you guys need to pull back on this you need to find a strategy and a method that allows for that communication and to remove that reaction or because you mightn't do it to a staff member, but you think you can do it to your partner. You think you can call your partner something, but you wouldn't call a staff member that. And that's, yeah, one of the really big red flags. Marcus, it's a great point. You've opened the door and I'm going to walk through it. (laughs) Tell us about a situation that comes to mind where that's happened to you guys. There's got to be more than one occasion in 25 years, but what can you think of now to share? The worst I probably got with Ariel was raising my voice. We were actually very, very good at never – I mean, we don't fight generally, so we're one of those relationships that, that isn't in that space. Like we get niggly with each yeah, other. But, but what Marcus more, is talking about is straight up hurling. Well, not even hurling. Yeah, well, just, yeah, being, being verbal, you're abusive, I guess you would sort of say, to each other. So we've never had any of that. So the worst that we've probably had – in that situation would be more just actually going back to which I hadn't realized one of going back to one of Ariel's weaknesses, which is technology. It's an area that she really struggles with. And I get frustrated in having to explain the same thing multiple times. So I'm likely to be not as when I'm showing her how to do it, I'm likely to be more assertive and more like but not calling sure. her stupid, but but just sort of speaking down to her a little bit but I wouldn't do that to a staff member. And that's one area that, yeah, that I've had to work on because it's one of her weaknesses. So I've had to be more acceptable of that weakness and then find my space to be able to still give her the advice and the directional and all of that without putting that on her as 
They both just looked at me then and raised oh, their eyebrows. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure. I, I thought you wanted to say something. <laughs> Let the witness speak. <laughs> no, I, I'm good. <laughs> Look, occasionally we have stepped out in, in front of staff and got more stroppy with each other in front of staff or, or made a comment that's, you know, not as professional or respectful. And as soon as you know it, you just – it's just like, you know, it's not the space, you know, like we can take this outside, you know, so – yeah, but by and large, we've been quite respectful to each other in the workplace. And you just get to know and, each other's and even secret. In the home. You get yeah. to know each other's modes too, really. Like that's with the ranting one, for instance, when I rant, I want Marcus to be supportive in the rant and rant as well. Um, but uh, he finds ranting upsetting emotionally so he when i'm doing that he tends to go the other way and go more subdued and so while i'm wanting him to rant with me he's going subdued and as he goes more subdued i rant more (laughs) until we end up at polar opposites and quite unhappy with each other so it took a while to actually work out that one what was going on and go right wait wait, wait, we're doing this we're doing this thing we do (laughs) so i'm gonna stop and i gotta go rant to someone else or just i've had a rant and just wind it back down and then marcus comes back to the middle and you know we obviously end up discussing i'm hearing some clear personality traits coming out from both of you here Mm. fantastic i'm not going to go into that though what i want to do go into though is those sort of examples you've used i'd love for you guys to share some thoughts around and maybe ara you can do this first is share some thoughts where the relationship that you guys have both personally and then leading into professionally, where that's worked really well, not only for yourselves, but more importantly for the team and mm. for the culture that you've created in in your business. Yeah, so, oh gee, a few jumped to mind. One is being hardworking, like we, re- we properly showed up working hard at the coalface with our staff. Is that um, when you woke <laughs> up at 11 o'clock? <laughs> Love it. No, Love it. I used to get up at six. If I had to get up, I do. Yeah, I can do it if I have to, but it's not my nature. It's not my. Na- I'm a night owl, you know. So, yeah. the other is having a really hardcore commitment to quality, and that being a driver for ourselves, and expecting that of staff. We we would lead by example with that. So we made sure we crossed all our T's and dotted all our I's, and would go back ourselves and do it again, or just go that extra effort to make sure the the service is better or the product is writer you know and I mean you've got to be doing that you can't expect your team to follow your advice to go the extra mile if you're not going the extra mile so we were completely on that yeah and you know again respect we expected our staff and our team to respect each other and we definitely showed that and we showed respect to each other but also to our staff so we were strong on respect yeah so they're three really key things that we have for ourselves that we would take into our coaching of our team. Marcus, I'm going to get you to do the the flip side of that. Is there a situation where potentially the because of the personal relationship you guys have mm. being a couple yep. where that may have had not always the desired impact on the business, the environment, the team, the culture? Divide and conquer yeah. is, is one area. Staff can look yeah. to divide and conquer you, which you can talk to that a yeah. little bit. So the divide and conquer, it's a bit like children and staff fit into that category. When you have two equal owners, it's like well, have, you know, of a business, it's whether it be a couple or whether it be a partnership, there's always that situation where one staff member, they understand the strengths and weaknesses staff learn the strengths and weaknesses of their bosses and they know which one that if they want to have this day off or they want to get this or whatever it is they know which staff which boss to go to to ask from that sort of point of view and that can sometimes be a problem if you're as a couple are not aligned because if you're not backing each other up so if someone goes to Ari and sort of says hey can I leave work early today because I need to go and do this and she says no then comes to me I'm likely to sort of go have you asked Ariel or um, because I know that it's a question that would have been asked to her first because she's the the front of that so they wouldn't come to me to ask that and if they've come to me to ask that then I know that I definitely know that they've already asked her so you know little things like that Another well, one is, is if you haven't been clear about your roles, if you haven't worked mm. out your clear roles, then the, the team doesn't actually know who they're meant to go to for what. For advice on certain things, yeah. Yeah, or on anything really, like on how to do something. 
for instance, Marcus had his staff that he managed that was in his skill set and I had my staff that I managed. So it was very clear to them who they needed to see about what thing. But that stem, that goes back to being very clear about what your job role is. I'm going to ask Ariel this. I think that's probably fairer for you, Marcus. How did you guys settle disagreements when they came up? I'm looking forward to hearing this. Disagreements within a direction of the business or are you talking more relationship or business? Uh, or? Business. Yeah, because one, see, one of the things we have in place, we're pretty much on the same page mostly with most things, but every now and again we disagree with each other where it's like, oh, I, don't, I don't know about that idea, you know, and, and the decider, well, I don't know how we came to it, but where we've ended up is the decider in that is it depends how strongly the person feels for or against it. So if I'm like... Well, I don't think that's a very good idea, which is like, say, about 25% not into the idea or 50% not thinking that's not going to work. And Marcus is saying, I believe in this one. Like, I'm, I really, really believe. I reckon this is going to go or whatever it happens to be. Then he wins. Do you know what I mean? It's like, great, we do it because you're more passionately for it than I'm more passionately against it, if that makes sense. And that goes both ways. And I guess too there is like a deal-breaking thing where it depends if it was something that I'm like I'm 100% not into that period and vice versa then we just wouldn't do it because you're a couple. You've got to be moving forwards with it together. Yeah and I guess it is a little bit of going it's like any part of running a business or, or developing it. It's like get your pitch. If you're really for this and the person that you're dealing with is sort of against it, it's like you need to have your pitch strong enough. Build your case. Yeah, to convince them that it's a worthwhile direction to want to go in whatever that may actually sort of be. We also agree to disagree at times. Yeah, we'll do that occasionally. But in general, it comes back to communication. So it's going, okay, so if we are on different spaces, how do we resolve it? It's just breaking it down into little areas and going, okay, well, where, where's the blocks? And then works, we work through those blocks to then actually get to the end result. And once you've got through that, you actually then know one way or the other of what it is you know, needs to be worked through. And quite often the thing you're arguing or the thing that's a contentious issue is not actually the issue. You know, there's something else that's a problem that needs to be addressed and that's just a symptom of it. If we think about is moving on to more of the challenges in being a business couple, first of all, your own experiences, what, what would you say is the biggest challenge you came up against in business, having your own business, and how you guys worked through that as a team? We ran a seven-day-a-week business and running a seven-day-a-week business meant that you at times struggled to have the freedom for your family that you wanted or it meant that only one of the couple could go to events, you know, opposed to attending them as, as a couple. And that was challenging at times, particularly in the early periods once we grew the business and we had the staff to be able to sort of do that so yeah certainly that was a challenge but the fact that it can dominate your life yeah you're not very clear about when you turn business off and when you turn it back on especially we lived on site as well and it was Mm. a seven day a week business so i think for a long time we just let it win let it dominate and didn't take enough family time or quality time for each other or us or yourselves yourself even you know that's one of the things we coach people on that you really need to do that. You really need to turn it off because otherwise you, you can just dominate your 24-7, your waking hours and dreaming about it as well. Because, you know, businesses are quite overwhelming and they, they fill up a whole big part of your life when you run your own business. And as a couple, you, don't, you know, it comes home with you, everything. And you really need to do that. You really need to make sure that you cordon off that bit of time that's just for you, that's got nothing to do with business, that's just about life or fun or travel or development or romance or you know whatever you want to action whatever you want to put into that spare time that's not not to do with work yeah i mean one of the questions of our podcast is one of our random questions is do you allow business into the bedroom i have heard that question (laughs) (laughs) and you know and for some people they do because it doesn't matter but for other people it's a big issue it's like it's just off you know they don't even know our business at home some people you're risking your relationship yeah. it really is just the is the key one like when mm. you go into when you start your own business you're risking 
your time, you know, but at the end of the day, if it doesn't work and you go back to what you were doing, you've lost a year or two or three, you're risking money. If you've saved up 50000 20000 100000 or your parents have invested or whatever, you've risked time and money. And that's it. If you have a girl, if you've got a partner that does something else, like you, but it's your own business, and you're not both go to jobs. You're not risking your relationship. Whereas, when you go into business as a business couple, you're putting your you know your relationship up there along with your time and money to lose. Actually, another challenge that I just sort of thought of then too is, which it came back to a bit of what Ariel sort of said around where business dominating your life is where you have communication that's not business. You have topics and time where you're out where you're not discussing business because you can often sort of go out to dinner but you're talking about business opposed to talking about life and for some people that that's not an issue well sometimes it can be fun sometimes it's for half the relationship it's an issue that can be a challenge I was just going to say there is a funny one, which is when we, we were running a seven-day-week business and a lot, of, a lot of entrepreneurs do and business couples do, and I always used to want to make Saturday and Sunday a bit more fun, like to go buy croissants or to, yeah, I don't know, do something. And Marcus just was always like, it's just another day. I don't understand this. Like, why we can buy croissants yeah. on Monday. It's like, yeah, yeah, but it's... And there's no people there on a Monday, so I get better croissants. <laughs> And more. <laughs> and more. <laughs> and you don't have to line up. But, yeah, so that, that was one that, some, you know, you have to mark those sort of things, those moments to celebrate and do and enjoy and try because otherwise it just all blends into just an overwhelming running of a business. And there is a lot of fun stuff in chatting about business and developing it, but cordoning off time that's not that and also we didn't have a weekend in that business so you need to artificially create that for yourself in some way. So if that's croissants on Sunday morning and – whatever you do on a Saturday morning. I think it's important to do those things, but, you know, your partner might not, but he would do it for me. So, yeah. And often would go do it while I was asleep, so they'd be there when I woke up, which was <laughs> extra nice because I'd slept in, which is the other thing I love. So, yeah. You, um, well, a mistake we made in amongst things as well was we never celebrated the wins, you know. Um, not enough. Not enough, you know. <clears throat> like when we built the new pet resort, it was a $2.5 million build opening those doors one getting the finance to do it and then two opening your doors once it's complete my nature as a workaholic is well what's next not to sit and look and to go wow i've just created something that very few people get to create yeah and i would say it's not often that two workaholics are together it tends to be there's a workaholic and then there's the other person and i would say one of my mistakes was not recognizing that as the non-workaholic, it was my role to step in front of Marcus and force those pauses because it's easy to get caught up in the vortex of a workaholic's onwards motion and you just fall into that and fall fall into the strength and the energy of that. So, But as the non-workaholic, I could have intervened and gone, right, and we're going to take a day off. This is amazing, you know. And I think I did a little bit of that, but not enough. How long did it take you, Ariel, to realise that that was needed? Again, over the course of the business and seven-day business, that we need to take some time out for ourselves. And when you did have that realisation, what was it that you guys did? And did it become a habit? Well, sadly, I didn't do it in a sensible approach where you go, well, this is a lot of red flags here that, you know, we should take a break. I just let it get to the point where I burnt out. So rather than being sensible about it and going, we need to take time off, we need to take me time or us time, for me, I just I just burnt out and then I couldn't function, you know, as a, as a worker and then I had to sort of rebuild from that a better way of being a business couple and an entrepreneur and running a business which is partly why we like the idea of helping people avoid having to get to that point. And I think part of that also wasn't just the workaholic thing of it, but also that idea of not allowing yourself to be weak. For some reason, it was in my understanding that you had to just be infinitely strong in running a business. You had to be able to jump all hurdles, high mountains, be an awesome mum, great partner, make the business successful, make it twice as successful because you always read about uber successful things, not moderately successful things. So, And whenever I wasn't coping, I thought the problem wasn't that I wasn't coping. The problem wasn't that I wasn't just pushing hard enough or trying hard enough or working hard enough. And it's like (laughs) 
<laughs> so I really had to run into a brick wall to learn that lesson, but I would strongly advise people not to take that strategy. <laughs> it's avoidable. That was how I learned that just working hard and just always working hard and not intervening when your workaholic partner is, is working double hard. Yeah, that's how I learned that. I learned it the hard way, but I'd like to make it easier for other people not to have to go to that length to learn that lesson. Again, fascinating to me because I'm a big believer in that culture is a reflection of leadership. So Marcus, in that situation, obviously there was an impact on you with Ariel's mm. breakdown, yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Um, which it was. How did that impact you? And even on reflection, how do you think maybe even some of your behaviours impacted that situation occurring? While it was going on, I mean, I just had to double down and, and pick up the slack. Yeah, Marcus had to work harder, <laughs> which, which is probably not the outcome you would want. For the, the um, but getting to the end of it and, and, and the recovery of it, it's the learning to the emotional aspect that you need to learn to understand and support someone else's feelings in those situations. It took a bit of learning from my end. Did I do a good enough job? Probably not, but I understand it better than I did. So if it was to happen again, we aim for it not to happen again in everything we do. So I'm probably more sympathetic. I don't push to the level I used to push. So I'm conscious of those sort of things, you know. Ariel, is he achieving a pass mark with this or oh, <clears throat> he was a super he was a superhero when I was unwell. Like he no, he definitely is. Um, but it was I mean, you know, you learn, you learn from your own experiences but you learn from seeing what's happening to the person you love most as well. So he saw firsthand in me the damage that just the strategy that I'm just going to work harder, try hot, harder, push harder, hang on harder, do more to overcome something is not the only way to move forward. I think it was a reset for you. I think that's probably when you went into the recovery phase from being a workaholic. Yeah, like that, like you view it now as something that you, you know, it's a wonderful attribute, but it's also a challenge and you need, it's something that you need to control and moderate yourself. That, and you also got unwell, which allowed you, which meant you could not then keep with the workaholic. So those two things, I think, changed your approach to how many hours you should work and, and also put it back on the table. Why are we actually doing this? I think we lost our why as well which is if we're doing this for quality of life and to spend time together and enjoy that's not what we're doing we're just sort of overwhelmed with staff and people and growth and you know so it's a good thing to you know one of the things we coach is to actually do a reset every year which is to sit down and have a why are we doing this are we still happy with doing this with each other we're still happy with each other being in a relationship and are we still happy with running this business why are we here just to reset that so i think you learned from my burnout yeah absolutely um from that sort of point of view you know um i hit my own brick wall in a different fashion which yeah had had its effects i'd like to move us on to the advice part ariel what would be the single biggest bit of advice that you would give to couples that are already in business to help them have a successful business but probably more importantly have a successful relationship whilst running that business Probably what I was saying in the last in the last answer, which is just to have regular investigations into whether or not you're still there, or sharing the same goal, the same vision, whether or not you know you're happy with the different metrics of it. You know, in terms of how much time it's taking, what cost it's taking, if it's taking a cost, and then put things in place. So yeah, probably doing that enforced, either weekly or monthly or quarterly sit down and this is what we're doing. We're discussing how happy we are with this and if we're not, what we can change. Um, because it's very easy just to caught up, get caught up with the, just the actual logistics and, and work of running a business and not, not be working on yourself or your bigger picture for it all. I think that book back in the day was you need to be working on your business, not in your business, the, the e-myth. And it's so true. You can just get so caught up working in your business and, and you're just blinded to the bigger vision. So find, checking that you're still aligned together on all of it, why you're there and where you're going with it. Marcus, what would be your bit of advice you'd like to share with couples in business? Mine, again, is very similar to Ariel's or sort of second that. The only thing I would add to that component is that when you do sit down to have those discussions, you have a format that 
allows everyone to say whatever it is that's not working without the person other person interrupting and just absorbing so listening um, putting those ears on and then it, it then allows you to and what is said in that space stays in that space effectively. It's a bit like the when you hear about, you know, well, what happens in Bali stays in Bali <laughs> sort of scenario. It's like if you can have a frank discussion, but it stays there. It doesn't then need to go on from there because it's just having that frank discussion and it's getting off your chest. What challenges you're having as a business couple, you know, like sort of what your partner's doing that's frustrating you, that you need to be able to tell them how you feel. And that's really important. Outside of that, again, I pull back to things like, why are you doing this? Make sure your why is right. Make sure you you both are, are in the same space because if you're not, it's going to destroy your relationship. It's as simple as that. It's going to destroy the business and your relationship and it's a double whammy. I'd also say too that like seek advice, seek help and input and, and, and it's not necessarily going through relationship counselling but like listening to a podcast, you know, like the Business Couple Secret Source or reading a biographies on couples that have set up businesses and run them together or, you know, asking but, friends how they deal with different things, getting around other business owners, you know, being around other people and, and not feeling quite alone in this space. That, and that and even educate even, yourself or, yeah. and get coaching. Get and get coaching. And even in your space, Brendan, where you're talking about sort of, you know, how to manage teams, at the end of the day as a couple, you're a you team. You are a team. You're a team so, of two. You know, you're the A it's, team. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> if you're struggling with that, it, it, and from a business point of view, it may be not that you need relationship counselling. It's more that you actually need someone who, who can come in from a team management point of view and work with you as a team, as a couple, to work through those challenges. Ariel, I'm going to start with you. Okay. What? You look so serious. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. my poker face. <laughs> Love it. What is the single biggest quality that Marcus brings to your relationship? He's really loving and caring. I just feel like he has my back. I, I have complete trust in, in the fact that my well-being, he cares about my well-being as much as his own. Marcus, I gave you a little bit of time to think about it, mate. <laughs> yeah, I, bet I, I need time to think. It's part of my, uh, part it, of my It's my part process. of your personality, which is yes. why I did ask yep. you second. Yep. Thank you. Appreciate that. What would you say is the single biggest quality that Ariel brings to your relationship? Her caring. Yeah, the simple fact that, similar to her, is that she genuinely cares for my well-being. On a daily basis, is conscious of that. And is more than happy to allow me space when I need space. He's also funny and smart and cares for other people actually too. It's not just caring about me. He just has a big heart. But he is funny and smart too and I love that as well. It's great that you both mentioned the caring. It's it's probably not unsurprising to me. I mean, I know you guys a little bit, but more importantly, I would say that care factor coming through in how you ran your business, how you looked after everything, and probably how you cared for your staff as well because that basis of caring is such a solid foundation for leadership. So both of you having that is probably no surprise that you had a pretty successful business and you're helping other people to be successful in business. So great job. How can people get hold of you? Who would like to answer that one? Because I assume you can get hold of you in the same place. <laughs> yep, basically very much the same place. Business Couple Success is our website and Facebook page, Instagram page, Talk Business Couple Success and Business Couple Secret Source is our podcast, which is on all the major platforms. They're the easiest ways to get in touch with us. Guys, I want to say thank you very much for coming on the show. I'd love the vulnerability and the honesty that you guys showed today really fantastic i think people are going to get so much out of that even if they're not couples but just how they work with other people in their Mm. environments is so important you guys obviously have that solid base through the personal relationship you have so well done on what you guys have done and and already achieved well done on what you'll likely achieve into the future and again thank you for being guests on the culture of things podcast lovely thank you brendan it's been a it's been an absolute pleasure yeah it really has it's been fun thank you for inviting us Marcus and Ariel are a fantastic, energetic couple. They speak from real experience around the challenges of being couples in business. 
They're very passionate about helping other business couples succeed. Marcus and Ariel's podcast, Business Couples Secret Source, is testament to their commitment to share knowledge and experience to help achieve their passion. These were my three key takeaways from my conversation with Marcus and Ariel. My first key takeaway, leaders get everyone on the same page. It's not about the leader coming up with what the page looks like, but it is about ensuring as a leader you are helping to get the level of clarity needed so that the whole team are aligned. Marcus and Ariel both reinforced this message from their own experience and with helping other business couples. It is imperative that the team, and in this case the business couple, are on the same page. My second key takeaway, complementary skill sets are a foundation of success. As a business couple, or in any business partnership, it is very important that each of you understand your strengths and weaknesses. Play to your strengths as much as you can and ensure there is absolute clarity about the responsibilities of each partner. Going through this process will undoubtedly uncover complementary skills each of you have. Getting clear on this and then taking action on it will set a solid foundation for your success. My third key takeaway, celebrate the wins. Taking time to do this is important. Business is a grind. It can be a very rewarding grind. But if you don't stop to reflect on what you have achieved, the grind can become more and more daunting. Ultimately, this could result in breaking down and therefore being forced to stop for much longer than you would have needed to if you took time out initially to celebrate the successes and the wins. So in summary, my three key takeaways were Leaders get everyone on the same page. Complementary skill sets are a foundation of success. Celebrate the wins. To win this week's $30 Jangler e-gift card of your choice, answer this question. What is the name of Marcus and Ariel's podcast? Send your answer to brendan at brendanrogers.com.au. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Culture of Things podcast with Brendan Rogers. Please visit brendanrogers.com.au to access the show notes. If you love the Culture of Things podcast, please subscribe, rate and give a review on Apple Podcasts. And remember, a healthy culture is your competitive advantage.